0: Welcome to the Coffee in the Barn. I'm Casey Bradley, president and founder of the Sun Swan Group. If you are thinking about entering, changing, advancing, or reinventing your career in the animal science industry, we are here to help you succeed. In each episode, we will cover a variety of topics surrounding work, life, and professional development, leveraging my 20-plus years as a global leader within the livestock industry and my ever-growing professional network to interview other leading professionals. We couldn't do this without our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. Reach out to us on our social media platforms or visit the Sunswinegroup.com and subscribe now not to miss another episode. Well, welcome back to season two of Coffee in the Barn, and I'm excited to have another new committee member for the Coffee and Careers in Animal Science. That's Dr. Ben Smith with FairPro. Welcome, Ben.
1: Thank you for having me, Dr. Bradley.
0: Would you mind introducing yourself a little bit and telling the audience about your background and your role with FairPro?
1: Yeah, I am originally from Western Colorado. Grew up in a logging coal mining area. Um, Got involved in pigs in high school through FFA and then wound up in Iowa at Iowa State to uh, study animal science and ag systems technology and um, got my bachelor's in both those and then my master's in ag technology and my PhD in ag technology. I spent a couple of years uh, while I was doing my master's at Iowa Select Farms working in research and ventilation engineering roles there so worked on our research farms doing trials there and then also helping design sow farms ventilation and setting them up, operating them. And then did my PhD on precision livestock technology, uh, really looking at how to bring technology into farrowing and how that impacts the production, the economics there. Uh, my new role here at pros I'm the Associate Director of Engineering. Uh, so I am in charge of our smart technology projects. So we're looking at how we develop um, a smart tag is our main one and how that can be used to do different uh, detections and predictive analytics with the behavior data we get from the tags and how that can, again, impact production, help our producers improve their bottom line. So that's my current role right now.
0: Well, really exciting. And I really enjoyed connecting with you because in my mind, when we think of animal scientists or my career or nutrition, genetics, reproduction, a lot of people don't think about engineering as part of being an animal scientist. And I think you bring us a new level and open several new doors for our program and the ideas of what you can be when you grow up. And so our first question is, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I'd say it changed a lot growing up. I thought I would go into the family business of logging and running a sawmill. And uh, that changed several times. And then eventually through the FFA experiences and getting into pig production, I thought I wanted to go be a pig producer and why not go to where there's the most pigs in the country. And so it changed a lot. I think it started out in the family business area and then it eventually wound up. I want to do something with pigs.
0: Well, I'm really curious if you can tie logging into pig farming. Is there any connection or things you've learned growing up that you can use in your career today?
1: Yeah, I think so. What we did in logging was a lot of niche management for forestry areas. So um, we were a company that would be brought in to say, go into where forest service had high risk projects, like around a youth church camp and needing to thin it out for fire safety, being selective in what we had to do there, going through some recent experiences helping a farm with health outbreaks and having to be very selective and long-term strategy what do we need to do to be successful and reach the long-term goals i think some of that translates very well and i think into from forestry to what i do now it's a lot of the system type mindset how do we manage a forest as a system for long-term sustainability and bringing that into pork production how do we look at a pork production system to be sustainable that translates very well
0: very awesome. I knew you could combine the two and you know, growing trees and growing pigs, they may seem different, but they're not.
1: Not a lot of different. The little things are different. Yeah.
0: So obviously, the different roles you had and why did you move? You had the opportunity to work with Iowa Select and then you went back kind of in your masters area and went back into PhD and did something different. What was that change in mindset or was that just an addition of that experience that you needed more education or you know, more of a challenge or what was that like for you?
1: I think for me at the end of my master's, I really didn't feel burnt out of going to school yet. And I still had a desire to learn more and felt there are different areas that I wanted to, to research and learn more about related to pig production. And so that was kind of the biggest shift in my mind as I wanted to learn more on the technology in the barn. Up to that point, a lot of what I was doing was working at building the barn and operating the barn, not really working with the pig and how technology and the pig work together for the producers. So that's really kind of that shift was I wanted to learn more about that.
0: Who mentored or influenced your career decisions?
1: So there was one mentor I had in high school. I was working at a coal mine trying to save up to go to college. And this gentleman was kind of my boss at the time. He was an electrical engineer and working as a mechanic at this mine and told me this bit of advice of don't be afraid once you're done with college to want to run back home and find your job. Be open to finding a job that gets you the experience in what you want to do and take that over trying to run back home. That, I think, was a big bit of advice that shaped what I, where I've gone today is not being afraid to take the opportunities to learn more and, and grow through positions. I think I've definitely had a lot of great mentors and working at Select and in grad school, a lot of great people there. I think that one bit of advice really shaped a lot of what I've done today.
0: Well, you're still early in your career. Do you, have you sought out? Do you have like a formal mentor?
1: I would say I do. I still work for my master's mentor, Dr. Steve Hoff here at FairPro. And I'm still in touch with Jay Harmon at Iowa State and kind of have mentorship through those two still to this day. And I also work with a little Berkshire farm and that that owner has been a mentor since I've been an undergrad and kind of the pig production realm and still have quite a bit of conversations about raising pigs and those types of things with him as well. So I think I have a lot of informal mentors at the moment still.
0: Working for a startup, what's the culture like versus a seasoned production system or different roles?
1: Like any business, we got to get things done. Working for the big season companies, uh, I'd be amazed at how quickly we would get things done once a decision was made. In a startup, it's very tactical, very thought out. How are we going to do this so that we can step through the process to bring our products to market, to selling them? A little more slower, thought out process, which is probably better in some aspects i being in the season company that would just make a decision and do it. So it's been a different mindset in that, that a lot of things we, we tackle them a little slower than I would say I'd used to coming from a production system.
0: That's a very interesting perspective. And maybe I need to uh, take some advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I've had examples where some not so great decisions were made under the influence and uh, we just went with them and it cost a lot of money. After the fact, when we actually got it done and realized how much it cost versus what we could have done differently, now it's you know, things take us quite a bit and we're being very tactical about what things go in order. Mm-hmm. Just because we're the startup, we're still building and growing as a company, and resources aren't laying around everywhere for us to get things done quickly. So it's strategizing how that goes out. We've probably avoided some major issues trying to bring stuff to market. So from that aspect it's kind of night and day difference from what i've used to in a production system
0: i love that because you're talking about things that you don't learn in school i think strategy business decisions since you've had a young career i would still say have you had any hard lessons because we're talking about that a little bit like some decisions we made cuz we didn't think it out hurt us financially big time have you had any in your career like hard lessons you learned or What have you sacrificed and compromised on? I think you touched a little bit that you're not in Western Colorado anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm not too upset that I'm not in Western Colorado. I really like it out here in Iowa. So I think, you know, being away from family, that has definitely been a sacrifice in my career. Um, Being 14 hours away from my parents and grandparents, that's definitely something I had to sit down and consider. Is that what I wanted to do? Definitely had opportunities to move a lot closer to family at points. but. Decided to stay here in Iowa for the opportunities. That's probably been the biggest sacrifice, hard decisions I've made in my career up till now.
0: Would you go back and change anything from back? Let's just go back to your childhood. Is there anything you would change? You
1: know, I think there's points and everywhere that I was like, have to really consider what was I thinking. But at the end of the day, it still led me down the path of my career that I'm very happy with my career where it's at. I look at some decisions if I could have thought about different majors in college, would that have led me here? And I don't think it would have. I think it would have changed my outlook on school and uh, the opportunities that came up because I was in the position where I was at in school. And so I don't think I'd be here if I had changed things back then. So I definitely have some points about that in undergrad that I've thought about and what would it have this been like, but I don't think I'd be here in this role and doing what I'm doing today. If I change that,
0: I want to bring up a conversation. I've asked everybody I've interviewed or this on the committee. What is it that drew you to coffee and curds and animal science?
1: From my experience, coming up in the last—I say recently, but it's been a long time since I was an undergrad in animal science and coming up in a different department as well. At the same time, the career prep strategy in animal science and engineering technology department was kind of night and day difference. At one point, I felt very bad for my friends, colleagues in animal science that were talking about how they were being prepared in career prep class and their experience compared to what I was getting advice and training and practice in. It was drastically different. And I felt like I had a great advantage going in, trying to get internships and interviews because of this preparation we had about uh, just interviewing and applying for jobs in, our, in that engineering department. And so it really drew me to this group has been trying to be the change force of helping students be more prepared and more aware of what careers are like in animal science. And so that's what's drawn me to it as being a part of that change mechanism in animal science education and
0: and all that well awesome and we really appreciate your diverse experiences and hearing you know more engineering and these internships and programs that they have and not just in ag engineering but different schools i hear about different engineering programs and the requirements they have to graduate of getting that real world experience i think is very beneficial to them
1: yeah.
0: uh, where would you like to see coffee and careers in animal science grow
1: that's a good question dr bradley Continue to grow maybe some of our in-person events, the IPP, Real Pork. I know we're starting to get involved with some universities with some in-person events. I'd like to see that grow. Um, not only our big uh, land grant, but maybe some of our smaller ag colleges across the country and get more involved in person. And maybe as we return to in-person things, at the universities that will attract more students from all walks of animal science to it and grow our committee and the diversity of it to kind of match the diverse range of students in animal science as well.
0: And that's what we're trying to do one step at a time. And you can answer this for yourself. What's one piece of advice would you give your younger self or maybe younger students in animal science today?
1: Do not be afraid or turn away from the hands-on experience in the barn or in whatever, if it's a zoo, don't shy away from those opportunities to get that experience. They may not always be the best paying, but the experience is going to be invaluable in the long run. So I would definitely encourage all students not to shy away from internships that are very hands-on early in your education and career. Don't shy away from them. That would be my best advice.
0: Great piece of advice. And one last question for you. Where do you hope to see your career grow into or what do you see yourself doing in 10 years or maybe even more, what do you see Fairpro doing in 10 years?
1: I kind of hope to see that Fairpro continues to grow and succeed and become a leader in the precision livestock tech space of developing the cutting edge technology and hope to have a career and help developing that technology and pushing it forward and bringing value to the producer through technology to help them with their economics and their production.
0: I do have one tough question based on that. Do you think we can replace people with robots in the swine industry or other livestock fields?
1: I don't think you can replace them. I think we will augment tasks. I don't think we will ever fully be able to replace the human in the barn Because we can teach a machine to do one thing really well, but we're in the barn, we're doing five, six, seven different things at once when we observe our pigs. We're looking for a multitude of items. We're listening, we're watching, we're seeing how they move. I don't see us anytime soon being able to create a machine to replace us in observing the pigs. I think we can augment parts of them to make them easier for the human, but not totally replace them.
0: Well, with that in mind, Ben, in coffee and careers and animal science and your background, how do we bring young people into our industry for those types of jobs? Because it's not very fun. It's dirty. It's long hours. It's 365. What are we doing wrong as an industry, not just the swine industry, but ag in general to bring in younger people and keep them?
1: In ag, I think in livestock in general compared crops. What I have seen and had students I've mentored or talked with in the past complain about is they've shied away from a livestock type job because of the salary differential. In our technology field, there's a huge differential if your first time job is in the crop realm versus the livestock realm. And the livestock are a lot lower. And I think has turned away a lot of good people from jobs that could have made an impact. So that's a huge hurdle I see is we're competing from the technology side of animal production. We're competing with another industry that is, can offer a lot more salary up front to new students. So that's one massive hurdle I see. And I don't have any idea how we change or address that. I think bringing younger people into the barns, making that, Barn experience more, I think, more relevant. We want them to feel comfortable coming to work in those environments. We've done, I've been a part of projects where we overhauled barn offices from to go into a swine facility and from a community shower to individual showers. And that helped attract a lot younger workers because they're more comfortable with it, putting better lighting in the barn, better. Environment from an air environment standpoint, help keep people that normally would say, I don't want to be in that dusty, dirty environment. If we change those, those are bigger, I think, shifts to be across all of our commercial production that are going to be very hard for the industry to absorb the cost of those. So I don't know how we'll change that long term, but that's one way I've seen help kind of retain younger, newer employees. But I think that's going to be a very big ongoing challenge in the next few years of how do we bring in younger people into the industry, but I, I don't have any idea how you would keep and retain them at this moment.
0: It's going to take a totally different culture shift, I think, and it's going to increase production costs.
1: Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: But some very good points for us to consider. As I've said several times, when I think about the younger generation, I think we're going to be hiring two different types of people. We're going to be hiring people like yourself who have the tech background and we're not as an industry talking to those groups as much as agronomy is for one thing. I hear about robots all the time in agronomy and very easy, like you said, to implement robotics on the agronomy side because the plants don't move or poop Mm -hmm. or pee or eat things. It's a lot easier when you think about putting tech into that and being precise versus a live animal. Like you said, the salary is a number one thing. I, I hear that time and time again. People, really good, talented people, uh, not getting the growth promotion or growth development opportunities that they have. And they leave for a bigger salary and an ability to learn something new. So I think that's the culture. And then I see offices and I still go into disgusting showers when I visit farms or not having clothes that fit and things like that as a guest. And I can't imagine as an employee working there that that's where I'd want to come every day. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, we need more comfortable um, offices. If we expect them to be there 20, you know, not 24 seven, but 10 hour shifts or more not have access to their phones and things like that. How do we accommodate that? Where do we give them that break space to to feel like they're a human again? Because we like to call it, you know, trying to run things off of factory basis and precision and processes and and, but yet we don't like to be called factory farms, but that's how we operate. And, and so how do we change that back to family farms and how do we have fun? And, and mm. it's more than just physical items and salary. There's a lot, yeah. I think that's a mindset shift, but hopefully with coffee and careers and animal science, we could bridge that gap.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Any, Last parting advice for the audience?
1: I don't think I have any other parting bits of advice to give.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Ben. And as always, life is short, so drink your coffee in the barn.
1: Thank you, Dr. Bradley.
2: We hope you liked this interview. You can listen to this and other episodes on coffeeinthebarn.bushproud.com. We would also like to thank our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. We are grateful for supporting us in this journey. Remember to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Coffee and Careers in Animal Science and our YouTube channel Animal Science Office Hours. But before we go, we would like to remind you that we just launched our ebook, which presents a series of tips and advice to improve your networking, presentation, and speaking skills, making you stand out among other professionals. Subscribe to our email list by clicking in the link in the show notes to get your ebook news about future episodes, upcoming events, programs, and more. Also, if you love the Sonsway Group's outreach and mission, please consider supporting the cause and buy us a coffee. The link will be in the show notes as well. I promise, the money will keep funding our amazing outreach, our student extern, and new solutions for animal agriculture. Remember, life is short. Take your coffee in the barn. See you next week.